Welcome to On Our Way, a podcast for those wanting ambitious faith, a place for those needing a little pep talk, for those wanting to know they aren't alone in the daily battles and triumphs, and a place to know all of it comes directly from God. He sees you, He loves you, and He is all about being with you every step of the way. What will He teach you today? Let's find out. Welcome back to our 13th episode, everybody. I cannot believe 13 times you have listened to me speak or fill your hearts with words from Jesus. And I am so stinking grateful for you. I'm so grateful that you're here. Um, This has been an awesome and sad week for me all in one breath because my oldest son, who is four, he just went to a new preschool. And to be honest, it's been kind of rough on a mama's heart. You know, it's, it's hard to walk away and see him go and poor buddy. Like he was trying to be so brave and not cry. I could tell he wanted to, but he was being really, really brave. So I got out to my car in the parking lot, sobbed my face off for a second and then realized, okay, he's in good hands, said a little prayer over him and over the building. And, um, I just, I'm literally counting down the hours until I can go get him. I'm actually sitting here waiting to go get him as we speak. So, um, I'm really, really excited about that. And I hate having to tell him that all of his friends from Missouri won't be in his classroom or that we won't have, you know, the same amazing teacher that he had before. But it's also really a great time for us to really, you know, build up courage and bravery and know that even though he's not in his normal God's house, that's what he called James River, who called God's house, um, which I love. He, you know, it's a good time to tell him that he's in a new God's house now, you know, and it's it's a place that's going to love him just as much as before. And this is also a time where, you know, I've had so many friends who are struggling this week with dropping off kids for the first time or, you know, friends going back to work and not really wanting to, you know, wanting to stay home or friends who got back to work and they're already experiencing, you know, the gossip and the hardships that sometimes come when when lots of people are in one building. And, and that's something that I hear really, to be honest, is way too much. And someone else is treating them poorly or trying to make, make them out in a bad light. So in this week's episode, um, I actually titled it, You're Not Who You Think You Are, You're Who God Says You Are. And I know it's a long title, um, but I, I wanted to talk about this this week because, you know, we know from previous episodes that people, people are not the enemy, right? That these spiritual attacks happen to everyone and that they're never, ever going to stop. The enemy, the, the enemy can't send you an order though, you guys. And, and I think that's something really important to remember. He can't order you to do anything, right? He can only make the request. And so he's slipping these little thoughts into your mind about how, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm not great at my job. Maybe I should really have kept my job. Maybe I should have not stayed home with my babies. Maybe this was a bad choice. Maybe, 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 maybe she's right. Maybe I'm a horrible teacher. Maybe I'm a horrible coach. I should just do something different. Uh, you know, maybe I don't belong here. Like I thought I did because that's not God. That's not even you. Most of the time, that's the enemy inserting himself, creating this confusion and the, this distrust and this turmoil. And, and once you start to really recognize that, right, you can fight it off better because you know where it's coming from. Now, I feel like there are a hundred different directions I could take this conversation in this podcast. And, you know, we could talk about fighting off spiritual battles. We could talk about how the enemy tries to attack you. We can talk about why he does it. Um, and, and, you know, maybe once I get going here, maybe I will start talking about that a little bit. But in this exact moment, I want to tell you who 
God says you are, which is so good and so righteous and so amazing. And y'all, we live in this world that loves to tell us about ourselves, right? It labels us, it defines us, it it crushes hopes and dreams and tells us that those crazy ideas that we had or the passion, you know, that lives inside of us, it can't be brought to fruition. That'll never happen. Go back to what you know, go back to what's easy, do the safe thing. You know, maybe it was your parents that told you you weren't smart enough or talented enough or shushed you when you spoke up about something really passionately and no fault of theirs. Maybe they didn't even know they were doing it, but it's something that you remember. Maybe your friend told you that, you know, your dream was ridiculous. Maybe your friend made you feel less than uh, maybe a coworker is telling everyone that she doesn't know how in the world you got promoted because you are just so undeserving of that promotion, Right but who God says you are is far more important. And he not only gives you your identity, because he can write you, literally write you a new name. So let's look at this in the Bible. We have several scriptures that dive into really, um, you know, people getting new names and that those names are something that he determines. And even Abraham, we all know Abraham, father Abraham, he, he wasn't Abraham before God renamed him. He was Abram, which means father, but God renamed him Abraham, which means father of many nations. Okay. So in Genesis 17, four through six, it says for my part, because my covenant is with you, you will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer will your name be Abram, but your name will be Abraham because I make you the father of the multitude of nations. Yes, I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you into nations and kings will come forth from you. So basically he's saying you're going to have a lot of people underneath of you and it's going to be so many that you can't even count, right? So then we have Sarai which means princess or lady who God um, later changed to Sarah, which comes from the Hebrew language. And that means ruler or minister. So in her case, it would be, you know, a female leader or a minister. Sarah, for those of you who don't know, was Abraham's wife. She was known as, um, you know, Sarah, the Baron. She couldn't have children. Um, Abraham was, I don't remember what age he was. He was super old when he, they finally did start having kids, but, but this was fitting for her because she was to be the matriarch of the Jewish people. So let's look at Genesis 17, 15 through 16. God also said to Abraham, as far as Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her by her name, Sarai. Rather, Sarah is her name and I will bless her. And moreover, I will give you a son from her. I will bless her and she will give rise to nations. Kings of the people will come from her. And so God's saying like, I am going to let you have children with her. And you can imagine Abraham, he's probably like, what? (laughs) You're really going to do that? Like, aren't we kind of old, you know? But you guys, they literally were so blessed by God. But in the case of Sarai, she got renamed to Sarah. And lastly, and, and don't think I'm saying that this was all of the name changes we see throughout the Bible, but you know, this is the last one I'm going to bring up for right now. But, but lastly is Jacob and Jacob made supplanter and God changed his name to Israel. And the word supplanter was fitting for Jacob because he tried to hold his brother Esau back in the womb so he could be born first, but he failed. And he went on to, I mean, we all know the story. He went to trade a bowl of stew for his brother's birthright as firstborn, which is hardcore, right? Totally hardcore. Um, But Israel, the name he was renamed to means contends with God or wrestled with God because Jacob was one who actually wrestled with the angel of the Lord and won. And we're going to look at that here in a second, but wild. But Israel also had to contend with men all the time, but he always prevailed. So let's look at it in Genesis 32, 24 through 28. 
Then Jacob was left alone and man wrestled with him until daybreak. When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh. So the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with the God and with men and you have prevailed. And the part about Jacob holding back his brother in the womb, you guys, that's heavy for me. It's really hard. Like, how in the world do you know that? But here's the verse in Genesis. It's 25, 23 through 26. And it says, when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. Now the first came forth red all over like a hairy garment, which I love, you know, very descriptive. And they named him Esau. Afterwards, his brother came forth with his hand holding onto Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob and Isaac was 60 years old when she gave birth to him. So insane, right? And sometimes reading the Bible just has me in constant awe of everything they captured in the stories of what happened. It's, it's almost like I'm sitting there reading this, but I can visualize it. I can see all of this happening. And so, you know, these men and women, they were all renamed. So I want to ask you, what name were you given at birth? And was it, you know, was it picked off of meaning? Was, were you named after somebody that your family loved? And aside from your actual name, what are you called? Okay, so think about this. Are you called, you know, beautiful, smart, faithful? Are you called popular, successful, driven, talented, gifted? Are you called perfect, right? Those are all things that were called. Or are they, are they the complete opposite, right? Are you called a failure? Are you called useless, overweight, ugly, too skinny? Are you called untalented, flawed? Um, she's so unlovable, right? Now, what name have you given yourself? And I think that this is the hardest part for us to look at. What name have you given yourself? And I know in the past, you guys, I've called myself far more from the second set of words than the first. And I've been called more from the second list than the first. So much so that when I was younger, I didn't even really want to try anything new because I was so afraid that I'd get made fun of, I'd get laughed at. And so if I just didn't do it, I couldn't be laughed at or called names, right? But hear me out. What if, what if we could look past those words and look at what God calls you, who God says you are, because those are completely different things. How much more valuable would our lives feel because we know that the one who created us loves us more than anything else ever. He loves you the same as he loved Abraham. He loves you the same as he loved Moses. He loved you the same as he loved Jacob and Isaac. He loves you the same. And I love in Matthew 10, uh, 29 through 31, where Jesus says, aren't sparrows sold for next to nothing Two for a Syrian? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground without your father's consent. As for you, every hair on your head has been counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Basically what, basically what he's saying is you are far more valuable and so much so that he sent his only son to die for you. And because God places such value on you, you should never ever fear those personal threats or those difficult trials because why? because they can't shake God's love. They can't dislodge his spirit from within you. But hear me when I say this, you guys, that does not mean God is going to take away every single one of your troubles, right? Because the real test of value, and this is with anything, the real test of value is how, is how well something holds up under the wear and tear and abuse of everyday life. 
those who stand up for Jesus in spite of their troubles are going to have lasting value. They're, they're going to receive great rewards and they're going to be living an abundant life. It's like this. If you're at work and someone comes up to you and they're like, hey, uh, uh, Martha from accounting just told me that you royally messed up that presentation. Like, dude, what happened? I heard that it was awful. And you're like, what? Wait, I thought I did really well in that presentation. Now your day is ruined. Now you're walking through the halls. You're wondering if everyone else thinks the same thing as good old Martha, right? That tiny little moment where your faith wavered, just opened the door for the enemy to come in. Now he's not only peeking his head in the door, you guys, he's standing on your welcome mat inside of your mind. Maybe I did mess that up. Maybe I'm not so great at this job. Maybe I should go back to whatever job I had before that I didn't really like as much, but, but at least I never really messed things up. At least people weren't talking poorly about me, right? Your attitude changes. The enemy tells you, you need to quit. This job is not worth it. So you do. And now you're in an even worse situation than before. And you're asking God, why? Like, why did you let this happen? And he says, if only you would have looked up to me, if only you would have asked me to show you, if you would have just looked to me for an answer, I would have shown you that Martha was wrong, that she made that whole thing up, that the enemy was at work and you didn't do literally anything wrong right? You have a God that loves you and wants to help you. He wants you to put those blinders on and focus on what he's telling you. He wants you to look to the skies and ask him to lead you. So you guys look to the skies, fall down to your knees in prayer, have that quiet time before you wake up in the morning, read a Bible verse before you hop on social media, right? You need to get that light and you need to get God in before you start your day and all these spiritual attacks start happening. You are not who you think you are. You're who God says you are. I want to share 17 Bible verses with you. And don't worry, I'm, not, I'm just going to share little snippets of each one. But I really think that they're going to encourage you in whatever season that you're in right now. And if one sticks out to you, you guys, please comment or, uh, you know, DM us on Instagram at honorway underscore podcast. Tell us which one resonates with you the most, because I guarantee you one of these, you're going to be like, oh, my God, that is my life right now. Have you ever said or thought I'm unlovable, right? God says you are forever loved. He says that in Romans 8, 38 through 39. And he says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love that God has revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Next, have you ever said or thought, I am scarred, I'm too scarred, but God says you're healed. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our impurities. The, the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. It's in Isaiah 53. Have you ever said that you're weak? I'm just too weak. I'm just a weak person. You guys, God says he makes you strong. And that's in Psalm 18, 32. God arms me with strength and he makes my way perfect. Or have you ever thought, you know, I recognize I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner, but you guys, and you are, I am, all of humanity is, but God says that you were forgiven. And in John 2, 12, he says, I am writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. I was abandoned. But you know what God says? That you are adopted. 
God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. It's in Ephesians 1. I say I'm broken, but God, he says he makes me whole. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority in Colossians. Have you ever thought, man, I'm just, I'm just being rejected left and right. Like I, I just, as a human, I am rejected all the time, but God says you are his. He says, do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have summoned you. You are mine. He says that in Isaiah. I say I'm alone, but God says he's always with me. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. It's in Joshua. I say I'm hopeless, but God says, because of him, I am hopeful for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and hope. We all know that one. That's Jeremiah. I say that I am purposeless, but God says I was created with purpose. In Esther, it says, perhaps this is the moment for which you have been created. What moment have you been created for, friends? I say that I fail, that I'm a failure, but God says I am victorious in Christ. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus. It's in Corinthians. I say that I'm lost, but God says he gives me direction. And whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's Isaiah. And I love how he says that, you know, you can turn to the right, you can turn to the left, but your ears, they're going to always hear God's voice. It is always going to be right there behind you. And it's always going to be directing you. This is the way, walk in it follow it. Follow me. I say that I'm worried, that I'm anxious, I'm depressed, I'm afraid. But you know what God says? I am peace-filled. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Did you all know that in the Bible it says, do not be afraid 365 times? That's one do not be afraid for every single day of the year. What does that tell us? Do not be afraid. God is always with us. That's in John. I say I'm unhappy, but God says I am joyful. I am joy filled. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So it's in John again. I say I'm afraid, but God says I am powerful. I am loved and I have a sound mind. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind in Timothy. I say I'm nothing special, but God says I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That's in Psalm. I say I'm worthless, but God says Jesus died because I am worth it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but will have eternal life. That's John 3, 16. We all know it. So what do you think, you guys? Are you starting to realize how extraordinary you are, that you are royalty, that you come from Jesus, that his spirit lives in you always, and it can never, ever, no matter what, be taken from you. Jacob wasn't defined by his name. He defined his name. Abraham wasn't just a father. He was the father. He was the father of many nations right? His descendants are too numerous to count as God promised. Sarai the barren became Sarah the matriarch, right? So no matter what the world says about you, God has a plan for your life and to use you for his glory. You are never too broken 
You are never too flawed for God to use and listen. He knows everything that you've thought about yourself. He knows everything that you've been through. He knows the names that you've been called, the things you've said to yourself in private or in public. And he is here to tell you that it is he who names you, not the world. You are loved, you are chosen, you are redeemed, and you are so extremely beautiful. And I encourage you guys, write those four things on a sticky note and put them on your bathroom mirror. Look at them every morning and look yourself in the eyes and say out loud, I am beautiful. I am redeemed. I am loved. I am chosen. With heads down and eyes closed, we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for reminding us throughout your words how loved we are, how favored we are, and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We know you have counted the hairs on our head and we know you know the names that you know we've been called and the things that we've thought about ourselves. We know you know that. Help us see us how you see us. Help us get up each and every day and thank you for allowing your spirit to always be within us. I pray for everyone this week that they remember who they are and whose they are, that they put their blinders on and they live a life that is dedicated to you and your holy, amazing, awesome name, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for taking the time to walk with me in God's word this week, you guys. I love sharing blessings. I love sharing knowledge. And, and I hope you took something away from this. And I encourage you, like I said, put that sticky note up on your bathroom mirror. I am beautiful. I am redeemed. I am loved and I am chosen. As always, I would love to hear what you think. Please scroll down to the bottom of this episode and leave me a review so that others can find and like it too. And please don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Instagram at onourway underscore podcast. And please shoot me a message because I love hearing from you guys. It seriously just makes my day. So have a great week, you guys. Be good to each other and God bless.